Welcome back in, ladies and gents, to another episode of Valhalla. As usual, I'm with my boy Mike Pipe. How you doing, my brother? Doing splendidly. How are you doing? I'm wonderful today, sir. A little little scramble today. Uh, just got back from Minnesota, seeing the lady, and uh, freaking flight delay again. I don't know if you saw it on Instagram yesterday, but uh, I saw it. Yeah, I was like, nope, that do hurts. this to, don't do this to me again. But <laughs> yeah, I didn't have to stay another day. Uh, which you know, it's not. I had a wonderful time, but she, you know, people have lives too. So right. She had right. tests and work and things like that. So it was like, hey, it's time to go. Get out of here. Like, I love you, but sorry. You gotta go here, all right? <laughs> um, so uh, didn't get delayed, but of course, had didn't get laid over, but had to uh, get the last flight from Atlanta to Chattanooga. So getting back home at midnight last night was not exciting, but hey. Yeah, <laughs> we're only we're only 28 years old. I, I can rally, <laughs> even though I feel 48, 58 sometimes. We can rally. Oh yeah, we we can bounce back. You yeah, of course, of course. Um, speaking of bounce back, great segue, Mr. Hey, uh, thank you very much. Tennessee Vols bounced back from a loss against Kentucky with a big dub against Arkansas last night. Yeah, man. Oof, that was, was big time. I, so I I did have I will say I, I couldn't catch all the game. I tried to get the Wi-Fi on the plane, but it didn't work. You know, of course. Um, so and then we we had just short enough flight where I couldn't have entertainment, and I was kind of ticked off about that. So like, <laughs> it's supposed to be two and a half hours, but like we found a shortcut. It's only gonna be an hour and forty-seven. I was like, stop. Found a shortcut. What yeah, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so I was like, it's you're you fly straight down, and I was like, don't lie to me. Yeah, it's like they had to be some type of wormhole or something. I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure. I don't know. Maybe I was like, how do you cut off 40 minutes in <laughs> air? Oh, yeah, because you're just going to go faster. Don't tell me you found a shortcut. Yeah, that's lies. Yeah. We, inst- we were going like the roundabout way, but we decided <laughs> let's yeah. take a straight line approach. It, it was revolutionary. Oh, yeah. I know. It's crazy. That's why they bumped up my ticket process. Bunch of <laughs> jokers. Oh, <sighs> man. But yes, I mean, we looked great last night. Um, yeah, I hate that you didn't get to catch it, but. Obviously, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, we'd go and we'd beat Ole Miss by 25 points, and then the next week we're scraping by. And um, I feel like that's just kind of the identity of the team. We're just kind of hot or cold. We're either in the zone or we're not. Um, It was encouraging to see more guys chip in uh, in yesterday's game than the Kentucky game. One of the big things I felt like from the Kentucky game is you just had so few guys contributing scoring. You know, you had about three guys that were pitching in. Bowden, Fulkerson, um, Vescovia, and, and that's about it. I mean, you had maybe Pons pitched in with like nine, and then outside of that, the next high score was like two or three. Yeah. Um, but it was good to see um, Kamwa get in the game, score 10 points, uh, Gaines, the yeah. freshman Hollywood ticket. He pitched in with like six. So um, a little bit more diversified on the scoring, which I think in order for us to be successful down the stretch, you're going to have to have those guys step up because you can't 1,000%. rely – you can't rely on four guys to get your scoring, especially with the year that Bowden's had. I mean, he's he wants it, you can tell, but I think he might want it a little too much because he just he's not been the same player that he was previously, primarily as a shooter yeah. more than anything else. But, um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I feel like ball fans should be happy. I, Arkansas is kind of on a downward trend. I didn't realize yeah. that until I started reading about them and kind of looking at their schedule leading up to the game last night. Um, but. All that to say, it's still a pretty pretty talented team, um, mm-hmm. and I think 
it's a good win and kind of one they can put under their belts and hopefully take with them for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's one of those I, I did not think we'd. Yeah, I, that was another one of those like sixty forty kind of thought we'd lose games. Yep. Um, and uh, I was a little nervous about this one coming in, even though it was at home. But like you said, I, I kind of didn't realize it up until like I looked a little bit. I called the airport. I was like, oh, you know, I wonder how Arkansas has been doing lately, but they were on a downward trend, which is yeah. funny because early on in the year, I think they were, you know, close to top 25, their friends, top 25, top 20 team. And then right. Kind of faded away. Well, that's because they've got eight losses now and it's been pretty crappy in conference. Right. So, yeah, but looking, you know, I looked at the box score and I read a lot of stuff today and man, Vascovi, he's getting more comfortable, man. He's yeah. Eliminating turnovers and shooting a high percentage who's this guy, you know, cause yeah. he's, he's figured out ways he's gotten better. He's had, he's still a freshman, you know, he's still actually a high school senior basically. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, him getting this, these minutes has been big. And I think we go as Viscovi goes, um, on the rest of this journey. Cause as you were talking about Bowden's just, if you feel like he's, he's been more aggressive, but it's like not fake aggressive, because he's right. not he's not in the zone because he he's just forcing a lot of stuff and you know he's he knows he's our senior leader but uh man he just can't find a rhythm and he's not found it all year. It's had yeah. some games but you just you know it's one of those that, god if he just if he just found a good shooting touch again with the way he's been attacking cool it's a good combo. We'll, yeah, hopefully we'll see that. That'd be great. Yeah, if uh, he comes into his own, you, this team could really look totally different. I yeah, mean, they've oh, had to yeah. get by basically without him, um, or with him shooting thirty percent at times, or sometimes even less. So, yeah. you know, if he was able to kind of get back and find that form that he discovered um, in big chunks of last year and even the year before that, then this team could. I mean, it could be a really dangerous team come tournament time, as yeah. far as SEC tournament. Uh, you know, not talking about the NCAA's at this point. It could happen, but very much a long shot. Yeah, uh, I don't. If you, I don't know if you guys were listening or had saw it today. I, I posted in some groups in chat ten. We uh, we posted out just a poll question of with kind of the weird year in college basketball. You know, I, I'm fixed to do one on the Revolution Network, like most disappointing teams, like a lot of really good top tier teams, uh, top twenty five teams that were ranked preseason very high. Aren't even ranked anymore. It's like nine teams, something crazy. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you're looking at Memphis, Michigan State, and I understand what happened to Memphis, but right. still, they were still a very talented team outside of Wiseman. I think it's coaching there, to be honest. Yeah. 100%. 100%. If we had to pick a problem, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. <clears throat> Penny Hardaway. Scrub. Oh, gosh. But I, I, it's a weird year. And this team, this Tennessee team, if it gets hot in the SEC tournament, has enough wins, and let's just say they even make it to the finals but wind up with 20 wins, and two of those are Florida, Kentucky, and Auburn, you know, or three of those, I should say, and then maybe at Arkansas was their next one. Yeah. Or something like that. Who knows? Like, it could be one of those bubble teams and, you know, they make a run to the championship game. And where's it at this year? Where's SEC tournament at? Is it back in Nashville or is it somewhere I else? I think it is back in Nashville. Okay. I couldn't remember. I didn't know if that was something that was changing too. I'll look it up. But. Yeah. 
so who knows? Like it's fringe worthy. Like because I know there was some people on the main chat ten one, uh, just on the, our Facebook page alone. Seventy one percent of the people said yes. Wow. They're still optimistic we can make the tournament. Wow. That was oh, like at, that's, when, that's when, strong. I, when, when I looked earlier, I think we were like a hundred and fifty votes somewhere around there. Jeez. So and that was only like an hour, two hours uh of, of the poll being up and then I posted a couple in different groups and it was kind of the opposite effect. Um I post a lot in vol groups and mm-hmm. pretty much the vast majority I'd say around seventy percent said no way. Right. Yeah, and that was probably with a combined, you know, two or three hundred. So I posted about four or five groups and you know, it just uh seemed like most people don't think it's gonna happen. Because right. it's funny because, you know, one group, one side of just an overall, I guess, further majority fan vote on Chat 10, you know, being all around sports, I guess, just uh, don't think don't think it's going to be a problem. I mean, obviously, there's different ways, especially with this year being so different and anybody getting beat like Duke lost on their home floor to Stephen F. Austin and. Carolina has been awful this year. Kentucky and, lost to Evansville to start out the season. Yeah, yeah. Kentucky lost yeah. at home to Evansville, and then right, you know, all these strange teams coming out, and you know, San Diego State's the only undefeated <laughs> left in the thing, and then you know, Auburn, Kentucky. Uh, is there anybody else ranked in the SEC right now? I think it's just those two. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, who knows? Like, you could make a run through the SEC tournament with. Good coaching yeah. from Rick Barnes and Descobie getting hot and Bowden getting hot. That's tough to stop. Yeah, I think that's your best bet at this point. I don't know. I mean, you could definitely still do it. You'd have to win. I think you'd have to win pretty much all but one of your remaining games to have a shot at it at that point. Regular season, you're looking at being 18 and 11 or so, 19 11. I don't really know exactly how many games are left. And then you'd have to, or maybe 17 11, then win a few in the, in the tournament. Um, but what do you – so quick quick trivia for you. I was doing some research yesterday as I was uh, writing my article, which if you haven't checked it out, uh, go check it out on Chat 10 Sports. Um, or you can follow me at Big Mike Pipe uh, on Twitter, and I posted it there as well. But when do you think – and you may know this, but when do you think the last time Tennessee won the SEC tournament was? Ooh, I don't know. Um, hmm. Would it have been? I don't know what a year. I get my years mixed up because. So I was, I, was it Chris Lofton's junior year? No. So I looked. I was looking it up on, on Wikipedia, and unless I missed something, the last time we won the SEC tournament, not the SEC t- like regular season title, but the SEC tournament was nineteen seventy nine. Really? Yeah, and I like I scrolled through there like three times, making sure I wasn't looking at that wrong. So I feel free to that. call me out on that, but. No, I could um, I could see that. Yeah. Weirdly enough, I, I kind of just I, I I thought it might have been like I might thought often my then, but before that, I don't know who it would have been. Yeah, and so it was funny because there was it looked like there was about a thirty year hiatus of the SEC tournament, and then the first year it came back um, was the year that Tennessee won it in nineteen seventy nine. Wow! And then best that i saw which again i did scroll through about three times making sure i wasn't look overlooking something could have missed it but tennessee hadn't won it in the last 40 years that's crazy yeah and i'm double checking myself cuz i'm a little nervous but um 
No, yeah. I, I mean, because I was thinking, I, I didn't think that the Vols had won. But I was like, the only, only chance I thought might have been like Chris Lofton year or something like that. But other, yeah. but I, I still didn't have confidence in it. So I, I could see it because I don't know when the heck Tennessee would have won before that. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, no, I'm I'm checking it right now. And we've made it to the, the championship several times since 1979. But yeah. we've, we haven't won it in, uh, oh, man, it looks like 40 years. So. Wow. That's crazy. I did not know it was that long. Yeah. Wow. 41 years. Maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year. Uh, Bowden's got to stop shooting 37% on the year from the field. And the benefit of being a team that's out of the picture, or at least maybe not out of the picture, but at the very best case scenario, we're a bubble team. You know, like if we finish this out, you're out. We still. Even if we win out, I don't think anybody's going to guarantee that we're going to the tournament. I mean, I no. think that puts us in a real good spot. But, um, but man, if, if we get to the SEC tournament and we're still on the bubble or maybe not even looking to make a tournament, I mean, that's a lot to play for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And obviously the SEC tournament of itself would be a big deal for these guys. But if you're going against a team that knows its season isn't over if it wins versus – or if it loses versus your season being over or you're going to the NIT – which how many players are want to play in the NIT? I can't no, imagine. No, <laughs> there's a lot of them. Would but. you? Would you? Would you want to? Did we talk about this last time? Um, uh, would you watch the NIT? Like, would you be excited about it? That's one of those that honestly, if if I wasn't writing articles and trying to keep up with Tennessee sports, I'm probably not watching. Yeah, know? I get it. So so it's like I would probably watch it just for the sake to talk about it and to have something to write about. But uh-huh. if I if I wasn't I don't know, feeling the urge to put out content and stuff like that. Um, yeah, there's no way I'm, I'm making that a priority just yeah. because NIT basketball, man, it is – I've watched it in the past. I've watched it when Tennessee's been there, maybe in the Donnie Tyndall era or I'm not sure when it was, but um, it's been a while. But, man, it is it is brutal. Yeah. Because <laughs> Lifeless. Yeah, people, they're trying new rules. Um, oh, gosh. And another part of it, uh, yeah, like Tennessee, and then the year North Carolina made it, it like people like like Dayton that year they won it. They wanted to play for it. Like they're never going to get to play in places like Madison Square, Madison Square Garden, right? So like right. it's weird teams like that that run through it, and like all the star-studded teams, I guess heavy quotations there, uh, <laughs> <laughs> finger quotes. Sorry, um, they don't. Like you said, they're just lifeless. They don't play for a lot. It's yeah. it's hard. I mean, God. I mean, you can tell they don't want it in a lot of in a lot of scenarios. You can tell they're just like just rolling the ball out there and just kind of seeing what happens. Yeah, know? just getting some runs in. Everybody's like, God, I don't want to get hurt for next year. Right. You know, some seniors will try to play hard, but it's like, oh, this is all we got. Like, well, that's I, it. I, yeah, get a couple jams for some. For some TV, put some stuff out there for scouts. It's like that's all you're doing, right? It's like playing for third place. Like, who wants to play for third place after you get knocked out in the semis? Yeah, no, I've never understood that. Yeah, I don't know. Weird, man. Yeah, so that's tough. Um, The remaining schedule, we've got seven games. We've got at South Carolina Saturday, and if you are in the Chattanooga area, I will be hosting along with Mr. Brian Hager, another Chattanooga 
Tennessee Chat 10 Sports watch party at Let's Parkway, go balls. Parkway Poorhouse. So that game starts at 6, so come on down with us. Um, but we have at South Carolina Saturday, Vandy next Tuesday at uh, Thompson Bowling, at Auburn next Saturday, mm. at Arkansas. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. Florida at home on the 29th. At Kentucky on the third, and then <laughs> Auburn back home on the seventh. That, well, at least, you, at least you close with Auburn. You know that's a that's a real, <laughs> yeah, real easy one. <laughs> real easy game against uh, UK and Auburn. <laughs> Jesus, man. Ugh, you, you have to win out almost. You really do. If you want an at large, if you want an at large bid, yeah. If you win out, I think you. It's kind of like a. I think in that case, it kind of becomes a system game where what I mean by that is if you beat Florida, you have a very similar record. They'll take head-to-head to count. Right. Um, you'd probably have bigger wins than Florida and Arkansas probably at that point because Arkansas seems like it's on the same path. Right. So if you can sneak two out away from Arkansas, it kind of eliminates them. If you beat Florida, even though it's at home, you kind of eliminate them. So you're just moving up over two people that would have been probably in front of you anyways. Um, because I do think if it came down to it, it's a very equal. And so for some odd reason, Florida and Tennessee didn't play. Um, they're probably going to pick star-studded Florida over us. Yeah. And that's just the system game. It's just the way it is. It's TV. Like, uh, everybody can tell me, well, they only look at wins, but if it's, if it's the, Exact same scenario, which would be pretty close, I think. Yeah. Then they're probably going to be like, hey, these guys are going to sell more. Nah, let's just be honest. So, right. um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, I, that's just a tough stretch. Those Brutal. Are, those last five are tough, man. I mean, even in a down SEC, that's that's really tough from the back end of the schedule. And, I mean, we knew that coming in. Yeah. And we, we, we dropped games. Texas A&M at home. I mean, that – to me, that's the game you look back on and you just wish you could have oh, that. Oh, yeah. That's sickening. That's, that hurts. Man, that team, <laughs> uh, that's a terrible team. And we went over their schedule and looked at some of their losses. Yeah. And it was just, it was abysmal. I mean, abysmal, bro. Brutal. Yeah. Like, there's some of those losses you look back, like <sighs> the Cincinnati loss looks pretty bad now. Um, you know, you played a club. Man, I, I, I look back now. I watched Florida State play on Monday. I'm like, dang, how the heck did we compete and almost and barely get I beat? I barely get beat by that. Can uh, you imagine if we would have pulled that off? What a quality win that would. I mean, because we were in nice. that one to the end. Yeah. But. God, I, I just when you scroll through the schedule and you see 51 to 47 in that Memphis game. Oh, that man. was one of the ugliest games we've ever watched in my entire life. <laughs> that was brutal. Yeah, and I and oh. that was with South Carolina fifty six fifty five. That which that was ugly too. Yeah, Saturday that, Saturday oh. is not going to be a beautiful game. No, it is not. It's going to be close. These two teams will play each other close. They're both physical. The um, Scobie's going to have to keep cooking because, <laughs> man, that's going to be ugly defensively. Both I, those coaches are so old school too. Like, yeah, there's there's some respect there, which is cool, but they're both older guys that are just like old fashioned defense, rebounding, play hard. Yeah. Hustle your tail off. 
Yeah. And that that's mostly what they love to do. Um, how did you feel uh, to not to go too far back uh, since last Saturday? How did you feel about the Kentucky loss? I, I, I that was another oh, one I was watching on my phone. We were going up to Minneapolis and yeah, uh, I had to put that on the phone. So, you know, obviously there's just times I couldn't, couldn't watch here and there, but I, I got pretty big gist of it. I just know, you know, it's another just a rough shooting performance. That's a, that's the thing with this Tennessee team. Right. Golly, bum, man. We shot it nine more times than Kentucky, but shot it so much worse. Right. I think we only had eight field goals at halftime or something crazy like that. Yeah, it was it was brutal. I mean, first half in particular, the first 12, first 12, 13 minutes of that game, I think both teams were still in the double digits. So it was just started off super slow. Um, took both teams a while to get going. Yeah. Tennessee played well enough to win that game in just about every category other than shooting. You yeah, know, that's like what I've heard. They rebounded well. Um, they didn't turn the ball over. They turned Kentucky over a pretty fair bit. Um, but Kentucky, to their credit, they shot really well, and they shot free throws really well as well. So, um, yeah, it was just one of those games where Kentucky had better – I think better pure basketball players than we did. We've got guys like Pons that are some – freakishly good athletes and guys like Fulkerson that are scrappy hustlers and, and Fulkerson's a good player in his own right. I don't want to take that away from him, but, mm-hmm. um, but you know, Kentucky, they just had, I think more talent and, and just, and obviously we're shooting better than us. And I think, I mean, it's part of that's probably a byproduct of a little bit of luck. Yeah. But some of that too, is just them being better shooters and, and better basketball players than our guys were. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, we got better from three as the game went on, but it was brutal. In that first half, um, I, I just seven for twenty six. That's a lot of threes. That's a lot, yeah. and, I, and I know, I know that's part of our game now. It has to be, but uh, it's a lot. Seven for twenty six. You know, we were only was that like twenty eight percent, something like that. Twenty six point nine. Oh, jeez, that rough, dude. Yeah, that's, we only shot thirty four. Uh, you whatever you want to round it up, thirty five percent from. From the field in general. Um, what did Kentucky shoot? Do you have that in front of you? Yeah, 54%. Yeah. Geez. Yeah, they shot 88% from the line. You know, that's that's little things, man. Like, they just did a lot yeah. better. And I, I did feel like uh, I was talking to my roommate earlier about a lot of their offense was uh, Higgins and quickly just get to the rim, Maxley get to the rim. Yep. And then we do that thing where – uh, Pons and Fulkerson come over to send that thing in the stands. They miss yep. the layup, and there's just a backside cleanup. Yeah, you're shooting a lot of layup when you're shooting fifty percent on one possession. <laughs> uh, you know, it's yeah. easy, easy layups, man. So, right, and that's probably honestly a big. I mean, I'm not sure how big of a factor, but that was definitely they had several baskets like that where there was just no weak side rebounding because your weak side help came to to shot block. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, Napon's got his four, but you know that's still four. He probably, you know, he probably gave up some of the like, two of those were probably buckets, and right, yeah. Hmm. But, but yeah, kind of weird to see the streak of Calipari coming to Knoxville and losing. It kind of sucks to see, right? Yeah, I know that was a pretty sweet streak. Not gonna lie, mm-hmm. especially because that was like the one thing that Kentucky fans had or used to have on Tennessee. You know, we pretty much always have them in football, mm-hmm. um, but 
there for a while. They, I mean, when Bruce Pearl was here, he he had a pretty good streak against Kentucky. Did pretty well against them, mm-hmm. and then it was Martin and Tyndall and <clears throat> rough, a little bit darker times in Tennessee. Maybe not too too bad for for Martin for some of that, but yeah, overall darker years. Not quite as good against Kentucky, but Barnes is he's been really good against Kentucky, and so Kentucky fans haven't had a lot of room to talk. Um, but anyway. I yeah. think next year we'll have a really good shot at him. <clears throat> Same here. Yeah. And, you know, not to jump too far ahead, but looking at next year, the way – I'm actually going to write a little something on this, but this team, like Viscovi getting this playing time and oh. is so big because he's still going – I know everybody's like, well, we got this guard. Viscovi's still going to be a huge part of this team. Yeah, and you know, I'd be surprised if he's not starting next year. That's what I, I mean. Same here. Yeah. Even with the talent you got coming in, yeah, because those guys, it, it's just like anything else. I, I hopefully I'm wrong because it's it it is what it is. But there's always, especially when there's three big five star freshmen, one of them's a little nervous, right? And this is not like it, it's just one of those things. It, it's not too big for them, but it's just they don't fit with all the talent around him. And it's right. kind of the Cam Reddish uh, hypothesis. You know, it's like, well, maybe if, you know, when obviously it's not to the same extent because those were the top three recruits with Cam and Zion and RJ, but Cam got pushed out a little bit. Like, you know, he wasn't shooting the ball as well because it's like, I, I'm third option at best, right. you know? That's going to be weird for some of these younger guys who have been the man, especially in these AAU circuits. And, uh, you know, Springer's been the man uh, on his team for years. Yeah. So it's it's tough. So I think, like you said, I think Muscovy's going to be starting next year. Yeah. He's going to be playing a big, big role. And I think he's going to turn into a more of a point guard. But, you know, if he's, he's learning, it's slowing down for him. I kind of felt like watching that. I watched – some highlights and I actually, you know, there's, you know, you can find those decent long, decently long clips. So I found it last night and I was like, man, this guy's, he's getting comfortable. It's slowing down. That's a huge yeah. thing for these young kids. It's like, yeah, it's slowing down. He seems comfortable. Pons has been that way for the, the whole year. And, you know, those guys are going to be huge additions next year as far as like their development, like they're going to be different and better players next year. So, right. plus with the ta- the young talent we have coming in, I, I like this team. I like yeah. this team a lot. So, yeah, I'm, I'm I'll be surprised if we're not a top fifteen team next year. I mean, yeah, I think between everything that we've got coming back, and I mean, if you get, it obviously depends on how those guys pan out that are coming in. But if you get even, you know, I don't know, combined twenty five a game from those three guys, which. I don't know if that's asking too much. I feel like that's fairly reasonable. Ten a game from a couple of them and five from another or 12 and eight and five. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's – you're pretty much only replacing Bowden, who's probably giving you, what, 11 or 12 a game at this point? Let's I don't see. know. He but... is. I'll get that pulled up. He's at 13 a game. Okay. So, <clears throat> you're replacing thir- trying to replace 13 a game, and then you're also going to see – probably steps in the development of Eves Ponds, of Fulkerson, of Vescovi, of, you know, all these guys that are doing a good job of contributing now. Um, so I just think this team will be, I think it'll be pretty strong next year. And it wouldn't surprise me if they're 
top three in the SEC competing for a, mm-hmm. competing for another conference title. Um, obviously, Kentucky will probably be real tough again, and, and Florida. Yeah. I'm not sure, man. Florida, like, they came in with really high expectations this year, and they've just kind of bombed. So I don't know if if their coach just isn't as good as advertised or, or what the deal is down there. Yeah, but, um, I, I, they're, they're good defensively, but – like everybody talked about, just because they got Blackshear, and yeah. I, I, I do. I, I still to this day think Blackshear made the wrong choice by not coming to Tennessee. Um, yeah, I, I get it. There was, there's like this always this weird thing. Like, I feel like Florida players get way more hype than they deserve. Like, yeah. they, you know, they're always like, well, they've got insert X player, especially guards. Like, well, they've got this guard that's maybe going to get better this year you know it's like <laughs> huh and they've got like they always have like one big guy you know i was trying to think they used to have what was that dude's patrick something they used to have oh um shoot and i feel like I they've about, they've had about some patterson but i was like that's not it <laughs> no 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 that's not that guy no but they and i feel like they always have that mold of a big guy and blackshear just kind of i'm sure florida's cool if you don't I hate them, um, <laughs> but maybe yeah, for some people, maybe but... for those strange people that don't dislike Florida Gator folks. Anyhow, sir, uh, yeah, like I'm sure Blackshear just kind of fell in love with that, and I'm sure he saw this Tennessee roster is not as good, but you're good at your development. Like if you really want to play basketball, you can't you can't ask for a better coaching staff, and I just I think that. If we had the addition of Kerry Blackshear, and even if that's only fourteen and eight a game, that's huge. This team wins. Oh, yeah. This team beats Texas A and M. You know, and who knows what would happen Probably with Lamonte? Memphis. Probably Memphis. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Maybe Florida State. Maybe I mean, Florida State. Maybe Cincinnati. You know, yeah. have another option, and maybe Kansas. Yeah, and maybe maybe I'm wrong on all this, but. It's such an underwhelming Florida team um, that I think that uh, it, it, at least you – I feel like in the long term it would have worked out better for them in Tennessee. But yeah. who knows? That's, that's, that is bias, I know. Um, but I just for, for the betterment, I think like whenever your team is looked at as a huge letdown – I mean, and I'm talking huge letdown with the top five team of the country preseason. Right, right. So when you're – or maybe six. Uh, that's a huge letdown. And stock goes down, things like that, and I'm sure it's so frustrating because I also think this Tennessee team, oddly enough, is about what we suspected or expected. Either way, yeah. you talk about it. Yep. So I don't know. I would say maybe even better than I expected after losing Lamonte. You know, and I think part of that because Viscovi has stepped up and he's he's almost filled in. He's filled in in, a, in really a big way for. Lamonte and obviously he doesn't have the experience and he's not maybe quite as safe with the ball or as steady as a guy like Lamonte would be who's been in the program for four years yeah but I mean he's he stepped in a big way and I think that that's obviously been super valuable for the team for sure um so yeah reasons to be optimistic going forward for sure and I I do think in that Kentucky game uh, speaking of Lamonte I think when you lose an on-ball defender like Lamonte Turner yeah Games like Kentucky where it was guards just getting to the rim, yeah, and you don't have 
you know, it's it's a game. Basketball is a game of matchups, and they exploited it. Um, that's Viscovi. People are talking about. You know, he's getting better. He's a better defender, but he's also still a freshman defender. Yeah, he's shifty. He is quick, but Lamonte was such like defense is so much more than that. Right. It's, it's instinct. It's you know, knowing when to bump, when to adjust, and knowing and being good at anticipation. I thought Lamonte was such a good on ball defender. Yeah, uh, for the last. I feel like Lamonte baited a lot of people into making like swing and switch passes. And oh yeah, yeah. He's kind of like a free safety back there almost at times, where he would just be reading the eyes of the defender and then ready to jump the pass and go on a fast break. Yeah, yeah. So we lost that, and that's 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 extra steal points that we don't have because we were talking about. That's another key loss. I mean, I know Kyle is in the. I think he's in the G League now, but yeah. he was an extra four points a game just from – or maybe if you want to call it eight points. He's a good block shot uh, or rim intimidator as far as adjusting. You have to adjust your shots. That's another right. shot. We don't really have those as much. I mean, I know Pons gets his blocks. And, you know, we've, we're we're a high-shot bucking team. But I feel like a lot of our blocks stay in bounds and yeah. go right back to other people or right. – it flips over and we don't have backs that help rebounding where last year we could clean it up. But also but what I was getting at was Cal was a leak out because he was so much faster than big men. Yep. So much more athletic. He was two leak outs a game or a steal a game that we don't have anymore. So there's no free points. Yeah. Which is kind of funny to see, especially with a team that was kind of guard, heavy guard oriented or forward oriented, however you look at it as far as, backcourt players and wings, but yeah, there's no, not a lot of easy buckets to be had with this Tennessee team sometimes, but when we find a way to make shots, it looks good, but there's no, there's no steal extra points. I kind of miss that. Kind of miss those, you know? Yeah. But those are the easy, the gimmies. We don't get many of those. We don't have many (sighs) gimmies. We don't have many gimmies. Um, And honestly, we've not had many gimmies in uh, football either. (laughs) <laughs> but um, a lot of good. We had two last year, dude. It was Georgia State and uh, BYU were the two. Oh yeah, that that's day. right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, this didn't work out for us the way it was supposed to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so to move on to football, um, the, the NFL said, "Give me some of them coaches," and yeah. uh, we got a little coaching turnover. You want to break down? I know your article talked about it a little bit today. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Tennessee's had a lot of staff turnover in the last last few weeks. Um, Kevin Scherer left. It's been a little while now. He went to join, I think, the New York Giants yeah. uh, on staff up there. He was coaching uh, inside linebackers at Tennessee. Um, so Niedermeyer switched from uh, tight ends over to coaching linebacker. He's helped out as a, a defensive like analyst in that role before for Pruitt. So Pruitt trusted him enough to coach inside linebackers, pushed him over there. Uh, Chris Rumpf, who coached like defensive end slash outside linebacker. Um, so he's teaching a lot of like blitzing technique and edge rushing technique. Uh, he left. I'm not, I'm not sure where he went. I just, I don't know if he's been announced or you may know. Oh, um, it went to the Texans. Okay. went to the Texans. Yeah. Um, and then you also had uh, your interior defensive line coach, Tracy Rocker, um, who's a guy that's a, he was a hall of famer had a big pedigree in the SEC, had coached at Georgia. He had really been all around and a guy that was really, really well-respected. 
um, really as a, as a teacher and as a developer of talent. Um, and understandably so with his pedigree and with the things that he's accomplished in his playing career. So that's a guy that, that you hate to see go. He went to mm-hmm. South Carolina, um, so to the SEC East rival, and he's going to coach with Muschamp, which is kind of an interesting move. Muschamp's a guy that's whose seat is probably hotter than just about anybody <clears throat> in the SEC. Um, well, real quick on that before you, yeah. you stay on it. <laughs> I heard a funny one from a friend of the day. Is it not like the perfect time so he can just get a buyout? Like that's true. A fat check, and then <laughs> figure out where he wants to go after that. Like it, it could be perfect timing. So, yeah, yeah. So. Maybe it's a road to retirement for him. You know, you know, he'll he'll make six hundred thousand dollars this year, and then he'll have a half million dollar buyout or something if he gets fired or gets let go at the end of the season. So yeah, yeah. I mean, hey. Not a bad way to go. Not a bad way to go. Continue Maybe on. Sorry, sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. That, that's a good piece of insight there. Yeah. Um, hadn't thought about that. But uh, Drew Hughes, he's like the – I think the director of player personnel. Uh, I think that's his official title. But basically his day-to-day looks like scouting uh, high school players and trying to evaluate guys that Tennessee can identify and recruit. Um, and he's a guy that Pruitt really trusted to help him identify talent early on. And really, Tennessee's done a great job in the past two years of identifying talent um, when they're still ranked pretty low and recruiting them hard. And then by the season's end, they're guys that are four-star guys. Um, so that could be, for me, that that could be a really big loss because that's something that I've, even though Tennessee's recruiting classes have been strong the last two years, I think they might even be stronger than people realize just because I think they've done a great job at identifying um just talent that's flown under the radar in addition to the guys that they've signed that yeah. are, you know, highly rated and highly regarded recruits. So he also went to South Carolina. Um, he's apparently good friends with Muschamp, so that one made a little more sense. But, um, yeah, it's just interesting to see all the staff turnover. And then David Johnson, the running backs coach, he left to go to Florida State to coach uh, with Mike Norvell, who he had previously coached with at Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tennessee, you know, they did a great job of filling in with Jay Graham there. Jay Graham's a guy that's, you know, as well respected. And before he came to Tennessee, he was the highest paid running backs coach in the nation. So that should tell you a little bit of, of how well thought of he is in the coaching circuit. For sure. Um, so I don't think that that's necessarily a step backwards, but with that being said, I do think it could be an opportunity for Tennessee fans to kind of say, man, like why is there five or six coaches leaving or guys, five or six guys that are valuable to the program leaving in one season? Um, you know, I don't know if, what are your thoughts on that from the outside perspective? Obviously, we're not getting a look at the day-to-day. But. No, we're not. And I think – I don't know. I don't know Jeremy Pruitt. I don't know the guy. I mean, heck, I've never even talked to him, you know. Um, but <clears throat> maybe he is a little tough to work for, but I don't think it's one of those deals. I think it's like Houston Texans, new f- – Fresh start with the New York Giants. Right. Like these, all these guys. And I also think it's another part <clears throat> of – I don't think Jeremy's that hard to work for if these guys are getting advancements to the NFL. You know? Right. Uh, I'm, I'm sure – I don't think he's like just the greatest angel that walked the earth. And, you know, <laughs> he's just like the greatest boss in the world. I bet he's a fine guy to work for. I, I'm, obviously, these guys, what they, what they did at the end of the season – I know it wasn't against the greatest thing of talent in the world, but this that Tennessee team last year wasn't the greatest thing of talent in the world either. 
Right. So them putting it all together, then making that run, I just think it was an advancement of their career more so than it was Pruitt's character or any OC or DC's character. I think that's a testament to what these guys put together as a group. And these right. guys are going to the NFL. They're getting jobs and they're getting uh, uh, buyout, <laughs> buyout <laughs> contracts in South Carolina. I mean, you know, and maybe – and it's all about relationships. And some of these guys are just like, hey, you know, found an advancement in my career. I'm going to the NFL. And what we know about the NFL is there is just so much opportunity. Um, <clears throat> and plus, you know, it's you're joining the Houston Texans team that has a chance to make a run. New York Giants. Eh, hold up. Maybe he just likes New York. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, so who knows? Uh, I, I think it's just a testament how good these guys have been, especially if two guys are going to the NFL from – from an eight and five Tennessee team. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense too, from like a recruiting (laughs) perspective, like if you're an older guy, you have to pretty much, I mean, you're always on the road. You're always working. I just think the college being a coach in a college game is so much more of a grind than it is in the NFL and the NFL. You don't have the recruiting aspect. You're not going chasing 17 16, 18 year old kids around trying to convince them to come play at your school. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, I think that also plays a role, especially for, a lot of these guys who they're not super young, they're probably looking <laughs> a little less for the fire and the passion of college football and a little more for the, I want to have a steadier work home balance, you know, be yeah. able to come home and see my wife or see my kids. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not somebody that's overly concerned with it, but it is no. to me like it is okay. That might be a little red flag. Let's kind of keep that in the back of our minds and just remember that okay, <clears throat> that could potentially be a sign of, of things that come down the road, but overall the, the program's headed in the right direction. There's a lot of momentum. Um, Jeremy Pruitt, or sorry, Philip Fulmer, he was speaking at one of the circuits and he said a lot of things, but he he said the Vols are back. Um, and a little bit more than that too. I don't want to, don't want to turn this podcast too explicit on anyway. He said, basically, we're going to start kicking some people's tails. And he also <laughs> very <PG>. um, <laughs> he also said that uh, Jeremy Pruitt, he you know he felt like what he did, was able to accomplish this year after the the two and five or the one and five start or whatever it was um, was the great one of the greatest coaching jobs he had ever seen. So that's that's pretty high praise from the man. Yep. He's obviously he's bought into what Jeremy's doing. Um, and I think I, I really do trust Phil Fulmer. He's, I think he's a great guy and obviously he knows what it takes to get to the top. So, yep. um, yeah, overall, again, I think there's way more reasons to be optimistic than pessimistic, but I was a little, a little concerned to just how much coaching turnover there was, but yeah, I mean, the guys that Jeremy Pruitt's put in place have all been a solid hires. So I, yeah. I trust them for sure. And so I also think it's a little bit of a gray area as far as, Maybe it's a situation where they enjoyed their time, but like you said, it's lifestyle, right. uh, way bigger upgrade. And, you know, for South Carolina, it might have been like, a, uh, I don't know. He's not like that whole staff may not be just the most wonderful thing. Like no matter what, even if better opportunities come along, I'm going to stay here. Um, kind of situation, but like you know, if it's an equal or a lesser opportunity, I'm definitely gonna stay. 
But if right. it's like a greater opportunity, I'm not going to stay for less money kind of situation. And that's fine. Right. That's fine. Right. We all, and I'm sure they like each other. And I'm sure, you know, you work together for almost two, three years, however long now for each coach, you know, you're going to have disagreements and stuff, but maybe it's just time to move on. And that's fine. Right. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. It, it was a lot. You know, what was it five? So we had five. Yeah. I mean, I think four guys that are like on field in on-field positions maybe. And then the fifth guy was Drew, at least in my article was Drew Hughes, the director of like yeah. player personnel or whatever. Player, yeah. I'm not sure what his official title was, but, but yeah, five guys in the last month or so that have left the program. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. But, it, yeah. it is a lot, but yeah. So maybe it's one of those that <clears throat> it's not, you know, I always hear people talk about different coaches that are just so awesome to work for much as I hate to talk about it, like Coach K and um, different, you know, people that stay forever that have had job offers. You know, Jimmy Beheim's another one that guys just stay around and probably should have gone, got better opportunities, but just right. kind of hung around forever. So maybe situations like that where, right. you know, it takes a very, very special coach and very special situation to stay for – missed opportunities so i don't know right i don't know we'll see there's uh like you said with jay graham coming in we're getting we're getting guys adjusted and niedemeyer has been such an awesome recruiter now he's getting a chance to coach a little bit more it's i don't know i think we'll be fine and i look forward to it i'm like really looking forward to next season basketball football all of it it's just got a lot of promise for sure yeah, for sure. Well, man, well, the last thing I was going to touch on was, did you see the article um, in, it was David Johnson, he had said in reference to his time at UT at the Florida State, uh, like kind of alumni thing that they did, I guess, in celebration of National Signing Day. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he, it was kind of interesting. I didn't know what to make of his comments, but, and this was part of the reason why, this comments coupled with the fact there were so many people leaving had me again, not by any means hitting the panic button, but at least like taking a second look at what might be going on was he said, um, you know, I spent two years at Tennessee. He didn't say Tennessee. He's like, I spent two years there. He's like, what just wasn't a good fit. And then his next sentence was, it's hard for me to recruit at a place that I don't trust what's going on. I trust this guy. I trust Mike Norville. So, you know, huh. it he he made the comment that that wasn't about Tennessee. Um, he didn't ever say, "I do trust what Philip Former's doing. I do trust what Tennessee is doing." Because uh, he came on the Swain event on Monday after he had made that statement over the weekend, and it had kind of gone viral, and a lot of Tennessee fans uh, were upset. But he did say, "You know, that was misinterpreted. I don't have a reason. You know, that I would." Um, like basically Jeremy Pruitt knows that knows me. He's like worked with me. He know like, I don't have to make an apology to him or say anything like yeah. we understand each other. So, you know, it's possible to me that those two statements aren't connected, but it was literally like uh, back to back. Yeah. I don't, yeah. So that to me was like, okay, that's maybe not great that that's going viral and people are seeing that, you know, they don't, he didn't trust what was going on working at Tennessee, but hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. It's, it's something to think about because he's really a guy that's considered a high integrity guy, like great guy, great coach. Yeah. Um, but 
anyway, it may be nothing. It may be something that people are just blowing up and taking out of context. But yeah. you watch the video, and it's hard not to think that he's talking about Pruitt or talking about things going on at the program, to be honest. Ah, that but, hurts. That hurts. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, <clears throat> well, we'll see. We'll see. We will see. That's that's the crappy part is right now we're in a we will see moment. Yeah. We'll be and, we'll be for the next seven six months, six months ahead. Yep. And I mean there's so much other contrary evidence, like things that Philip Former has said, the way the season ended, yeah, the way yeah. the team rallied, the recruiting classes we brought in. I mean, there's there's a mountain of evidence that's contrary to what we're talking about. And I don't exactly. want to take this picture that yeah. this is all Grace guys and all, oh, you know, this is terrible, but it is a little bit, it, it does cause me to pause and think about things whenever you hear a guy like that talk about mm-hmm. uh, the program in that kind of light. Um, oh, or at wow. least that's, that's how it read to me or that's how I understood what he was saying in the video. But yeah, I, it, it is like, you're just talking about it. It's a, it's a combo. It's the comments plus coaching staff loss equals concern. Right. Right. And, yeah, it's a combo, and it's like, yeah, maybe it's maybe it's a different situation than we imagine. Um, I, but like you said, I, who knows? It, it's it's because everything else tells you the opposite. Like, right? Actual scenarios tell me the opposite as far as getting good recruits, um, getting wins, high know. character guys like Trey Smith coming back to play a senior exactly. year. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Like that to me says you've got a good a good culture within your program. I mean, JG, obviously, no, JG not even entering the transfer portal and having yeah. trust. Yeah. So you're doing something right. I mean, and it, things may not be perfect. I guarantee you they're not perfect at every other major program. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think overall you got to take everything with a grain of salt. And that's just another, another thing, but just something to talk about in the middle of February when there's not a lot of football things to talk about more than anything. Exactly. It is. So. It is. Well, brother. Um, another good one. Let's go. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Uh, go read Mike Pipes weekly article. Yeah. Weekly putting the pressure on. Yeah. Balls, I... balls y'all. <laughs> Me and Mike make a lot of promises before we start this podcast <laughs> that we hope we keep. And, uh, we, we make, will, but you know what? You've kept it up. Uh, and you inspired me. I'm like, I'm writing something this weekend. Let's do it. I will. You have inspired me, a friend. I, I, <laughs> I, how many times have we promised we're going to write something? Well, you did it, by God. I did you it. Did it, it. took me three weeks you, after I think we said we were going to do it. You <laughs> and Trey Wynn. Uh, also, if you're a Titans fan, Trey Wynn also posted an article talking about the running back paradigm in Tennessee Titans world. Yeah. Real uh, quick, what's your thoughts on that? I'm curious. Honest, this is something that I'm, I, I really am curious I'm in a weird spot because I I'm okay with either and I hate to play the gray area guy, but right. but I'm actually probably leaning on the draft or finding a steal free agent kind of thing. Yeah. It just it's just worked. And when you pay the when you pay the big players big money, it doesn't work out. Right. It does, right. especially in the running back spot when you can find so many studs. Right. In a third, or if you really wanted to go for it, there's some good running backs in the first and second round available that you can make work. And then they're not Derrick Henry. Uh, but I do agree with drafting another one because there are small flaws in Derrick's game as far as the passing game goes. So, right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess if I had to put it, I'd say 
just for fun. Uh, 69% I would lean on going to, <laughs> to, the, to the draft um, hey. and, not, and not paying him, especially if he wants like number one top-tier running back money. And I'm talking like he wants to be paid higher than Zeke. Right. Then, yeah, find yeah. somebody. No offense, man. I, I really – I love Derek. And Derek's such a huge part of this team. He's right. he's my favorite type of superstar. Like, I love watching Derek Henry run the football because I know he's like <clears> – he's like a boxer, man. It's heavy jab, heavy jab, heavy jab. And then late rounds, he hits you with bang, bang, big punches, you know, haymakers. And just – that's just what he does because he wears you down. He wears you down. And he just does. He always falls forward. And when you want to tackle somebody in the cold of winter, it's two hundred and what sixty pounds running full yeah. speed at you, and it's you know two minutes to go in the third, and you're like, God, just get to just get to a break in the fourth. Oh, this freaking train's running at me again. <laughs> Jesus, man, how do I tackle this guy? You you miss a tackle. You're a little bit late. You're a little bit you're a little bit out of it. And that's when he breaks off a big run. I love yeah. I love Derek's game. Same, um, but if you're not a th- true three down back, it's hard to pay that kind of money. For sure. What do you think? For sure, I, I'm I'm with you. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think for me, I'm I'm actually I would say in a really similar spot. I would say maybe closer to seventy five twenty five. Don't pay him. Yeah. Just let him go. I mean, I loved him. Like <clears throat> for me, it. I grew up like a diehard Titans fan. Um, would watch all the games, would cry when they lost. Yep. And then for for so long, I was so diehard with Tennessee and the Titans that literally just obliterated my weekends every single Every weekend. weekend. Yeah. So I just – I ended up for a little while dropping the Titans. In the last two years, I've started watching them again um, on a real consistent basis. And, man, he is he's crazy fun to watch. If you could keep him for a semi reasonable amount, I say keep him. Yeah. But if he's wanting if he's wanting Zeke money, like to me, you don't even really have a choice. It's just kind of like uh, you just can't. It's proven you can't pay a running back. I don't want to say proven, but uh, most of the data would show you cannot commit that much of your salary cap to a running back that's so easily replaceable with guys that can make six hundred or a year, or six hundred thousand a year, or a million, or even a couple million a year, and you're dedicating, you know. Yeah. 15 million a year to a guy that he obviously he's special and he's one of the best players in the league, yeah. but as, especially at his position. Um, but I just don't see any way that you can pay a running back who, and, and running backs, you know, they're, they're kind of fickle. They get injured more than other positions. They get banged up more than other positions. Yeah. So it's just risky to pay and dedicate that much your salary, particularly when you've got so many other things headed in the right direction um, as a franchise and as an organization. So, yeah. Yep. yeah. I would okay. say if you get him for ten million a year, which at this point seems a little crazy because I think he's asking fourteen or fifteen, yeah, um, then take it or or maybe even maybe twelve. But I mean, <sighs> at, at fourteen or fifteen million, it's just like you're strapped. You're strapping yourself, yeah, man. You Big really time. are. Big time. You really are. So we'll see. Anyway. That's another one, man. That's ooh, that's going to be coming up soon, and lot to lot to think about if you're John Robinson. So yeah. But, tough call to make. but as always, sir, thanks for uh, joining me. Joining me in Valhalla, it's been, man, it's been a fantastic week. Yeah. It has been. It's been yeah. a good one. Yeah, Saturday, join us uh, at Parkway Warehouse. 
on the water, Chattanooga, Tennessee, if you're around. Mike Pipe, where can the people find you on social medias? Uh, you can follow me at Big Mike Pipe on uh, Twitter, on Instagram, on uh, Snapchat, even though I don't even have the app on my phone anymore. But Oh, wow. Uh, and on Cash App. So On yeah, Cash App, any- in case you need some little cash money. Yeah, so any of those, it's Big Mike Pipe. I'm pretty universal, except for uh, Facebook. It's just Michael Piper or Michael W. Piper. Yeah. Um, what about yourself? Uh, MC Green four two three on the Twitters, uh, and Chaser thirty fifty on the Instagram. I'm, I'm here for you guys. So love it. But buddy, you have a great night, and go Vols. Go Vols. Right, GBS. Thank you. See you.